God desires to bless his people. God releases his blessing of prosperity in many ways. But walking in prosperity is more than receiving a blessing. It involves stewardship, fruitful labor, wisdom, obedience, giving, learning and co-laboring with God. Uh when we turn in our Bible to Mark chapter 11, we're going to read uh two verses then stand up and make our declaration this morning and then we will spend time in the word of God. Uh Mark chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 22 and 23. Very familiar verses of scripture, Mark 11, 22 and 23. In verse 22, Jesus says, have faith in God. And then in verse 23, he says, whosoever therefore will say to this mountain, I'll be removed and be cast into the sea. And will not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. So the Lord Jesus is teaching us how to use our faith in God. So he says have faith in God, but this is how you use your faith in God. This is how you exercise. This is what you do with your faith in God. What do you do with it? He said, have faith in God and then speak to your mountain. You speak to your situations. You release those words of faith out of your mouth speak to your circumstances speak to your situations so what we learn here is uh the power of faith filled words that when you release words that come out of our heart that has faith in god those faith filled words make possible what normally is impossible it's not very normal for a mountain to be taken up and be thrown into the sea as a lot of hard work but when words are released from a heart that has faith in god he said that's the impact that's the effect of faithfulled words and notice it says whoever will say which means you and me right whoever is me whoever is you any one of us can do what he says in mark 11:22 and 23 if you have have faith in god and then you speak those words of faith speak faithful words into your circumstance into your situations against those mountains that hinder that are obstacles speak those words and he says this is what will happen you will have whatever you say do you believe that amen so let's use it in our lives in our circumstances and a situation speak faithful words to your life situations and see them change. So let's stand up to our feet right now as we make our declaration together. We are uh, practice what the word of God says and we declare what God has said about us. So hold your Bible high up in the air. Say this out loud, bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master and to him I am in absolute surrender in Jesus name amen god bless you may be seated please this morning i want us to revisit a a, a topic a subject that's uh pretty well known we've talked about it many times in the past uh, and it's good just to go back revisit I look at some scriptures on that topic and just spend some time on it. I want to talk to us this morning on the blessing of prosperity. Now how many of you really want to be blessed in your lives? I think all of us do, right? Uh how many of you think it's a sin to be blessed? No. <laughs> right? Of course not. I don't think anybody thinks uh it's wrong to be blessed, it's wrong to be prosperous, it's wrong to be successful. We don't think that. Uh in fact we pray God please bless me 
You know, if you're, if you're a student, you say, God, please help me to get the best marks I can. Uh, if you're working, God, please help me do my work well. I want to, you know, perform well. I want to, you know, whatever, achieve these goals in my workplace. Uh, I want to uh, help the company do various things. We ask God for blessings. We ask the Lord to bless us. And the beautiful thing is that the Bible teaches us very clearly that God desires to bless his people. Amen. See, God's not a stingy God. God's a good God. Everybody say, God's a good God. He's a very good God. Maybe you should emphasize it. God's a very, very good God. Right? So God desires to bless his people. God desires to bless you. Bless me. He desires to bless us. And the blessing of prosperity comes to us in many different ways. For the farmer, maybe the blessing of God would mean that uh, he has a good crop, a good harvest. Uh, to somebody who uh, runs uh, a shop, maybe uh, for him the blessing of God is making a lot of sale there. Uh, for some of us who are, you know, maybe, uh, you know, who are project managers, maybe for us the blessing of God is getting all the projects done successfully. So uh, the blessing of God, how it manifests in each of our lives is different. The blessing of prosperity is, is different how it manifests. It's not all the same way. But what we must keep in mind is that the blessing of prosperity is not just a blessing we just receive. Meaning, it's not like, okay, you know, God just randomly drops that blessing on different people. But, as far as the word of God teaches us, the blessing of prosperity is something that we co-labor with God. We work together with God. It includes things like proper stewardship, meaning taking care of what he has already given to you before he can give you some more. It it includes things like fruitful labor, working fruitfully, wisdom, generosity or giving. Uh, It includes all of this. It's a composite way of doing things rather than a passive, oh God just drop some blessing on me. That's not it. At least not what the Bible teaches us. Amen? Uh, and so God calls us. He says, look, I want to bless you, but come co-labor with, co-labor with me. Go with me on this journey so that you can receive the blessing of prosperity in your life and, and, and see well-being and so on come into your life. So we're going to spend a few minutes, on, uh, some time on that this morning. Uh, but before we actually start talking about this subject... Unfortunately, this whole thing on prosperity has, got a, has received a lot of negative flack in the, in, 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 in the Christian world. And so the moment you start talking of prosperity, people immediately in their minds categorize you as somebody. So I need to put some disclaimers in between <laughs> to begin with. Uh, you know, the whole teaching uh, from the Word of God on several important truths like divine healing, on prosperity, on uh, on on using your faith and so on. It all really came out to the body of Christ back in the 1960s, 1970s. It was, was, a, great, was a great momentum in the body of Christ at that time when this, these truths began to unfold. Uh, uh, that movement at that time was called the Word of Faith Movement. Some of you may be familiar with it. And, and uh, out of the Word of Faith Movement uh, came or emerged this, this beautiful teaching on the fact on prosperity, the fact that God wants to bless and prosper his people. However, what happens usually in the body of Christ and the church world at large is when any truth comes out, sometimes people take it off to an extreme, right? So a beautiful truth like divine healing, God wants to heal you. Some people take it to the extreme, therefore don't take any medicine, don't go to the doctor. You know, God never said all those things, but people take it to an extreme. Uh, Similarly, this whole beautiful truth that God does want to bless and prosperous people. Uh, when it was released and began to be taught widely in the body of Christ around that time, uh, some people took it on to often extreme and, and, and a lot of error came around the truth. The wrong thing to do is to discard the truth because of the error. You know, you don't stop using your true currency notes just because there are counterfeit notes. Amen? 
Same, similarly, you don't discard the truth just because there's a lot of error uh, uh, that has come about because of the wrong interpretation, the wrong use of the truth. What the, what the right thing to do is to understand what did God actually say and what is the right thing to do with the truth, live in it, walk in it, and that's what we want to do. But I do want to make mention of a few errors that we must avoid uh, as we talk about the blessing of prosperity. Uh, some of this will be well known to us, but it's good to just remind ourselves of them. Uh, the, one of the areas that, that crept up uh, during this whole time was that I was making prosperity as an indicator of your spiritual life. There is no correlation between the two. It doesn't mean that if you are prosperous, that means you're doing very well spiritually. It doesn't mean that. The bigger car you drive, more spiritual you are. No correlation. <laughs> that means Bill Gates was very spiritual, you know. <laughs> No, no correlation, right? But that was an error. That was an unfortunate error that people began to talk about. Another error that crept in was stating that a lack of prosperity is because of a lack of faith. So if you're not doing well financially, if you're not being prosperous, you know, then, oh, it's a problem with your faith. You don't have enough faith in God. That's not true either. The Bible is so clear in addressing these first two errors. You know, the Bible says very clearly in James chapter 2 and verse 5 that God has chosen the poor of this world who are rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. So there are people who are poor in this world, but they are rich in faith. They are rich in faith. And they are heirs of the kingdom. They are, they inherit the kingdom just like you and I. So there is no difference as, as far as spiritual things are concerned, just that in the, in the natural, maybe they are poor in this world, right? So there is no direct correlation between, um, uh, how prosperous you are to your spiritual life or to your level of faith. No correlation. Let's not get, make that mistake. A third error that crept into the body of Christ was when people, you know, began understood, oh, God is going to bless me. God is going to provide for me. Therefore, I don't need to work. Pretty good, isn't it? Right? Doing no work, but claiming to live by faith and expecting money to just come to you. You know, God's going to provide. God's my provider, so I'll just, Aram say, you know, go through life. No, that's an error. You and I understand that God's taught us to work. We've got to be industrious. We've got to do um, what God's called us to do. And list some scriptures on that. Second Thessalonians 3, 10 and verse 12. Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. He says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you. Meaning this is a command. It's not a suggestion. It is not something for you to just consider and pray about. It's a command. Meaning it requires implicit obedience. What's the command? If anyone will not work, neither shall he. Verse 12. Now those who are such, we command. Again, the word command. And exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. So he said, look, this is a command. You've got to work. You work quietly, eat your own bread. So the error that crept in was people say, oh, I have faith. I'll just use my faith. Money will come in by faith. No. You've also got to work. The same God who said, have faith, also said, work. Ephesians 4.28, Paul writes to the believers at Ephesians. He says, let him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. So if you're stealing, he says, that's a wrong occupation. <laughs> you get a right occupation, you labor with your hands, so that you can have enough for yourself and even give to those who are in need. So the Bible is so clear. God's your provider. God will bless you with prosperity. God will supply. God will do all of those wonderful things. But from our side, he says, I want you to work. I command you to work. I command you to work with your own hands. Do what you need to do to earn your income. Two more errors that we see, uh, that we've seen was using tithing and giving as a scheme to get rich. Tithing is, is, is correct. God commands us to tithe. That means give 10% of your income. So every month, so many of you earn your salary, 10% give to God. Tithing. And giving, being generous, blessing other people with just giving into their lives. Giving for the other things in the work of God's kingdom. So that's, very leg- that's something God's commanded us to do. However, just because you tithe, God is not obligated to bless you. So what do you mean? Doesn't his word say, bring the tithes, I'll open you the windows of heaven? Sure, his word does say that. 
You bring the tithes into my storehouse and I will open you the windows of heaven and I will pour you out a blessing. But God's not obligated to bless you just because you tithe. You've also got to obey the other commandments. So you can't just tithe and then go keep robbing banks. (laughs) Our point is, you can't just tithe and then go do what is wrong and expect the blessing of the Lord. Are you with me? So tithing and giving is not a scheme where you just give to God and, okay, God, God is now obligated to bless you. He's not. Because you've got to do the rest of his words. Live to do what's right. We'll talk about some of those things. The last error that I want to just mention here is that there are preachers. Our preachers began to claim a, a prosperity anointing to actually squeeze money out of people and further their own agendas. So people say, you know, I have a prosperity anointing. Come to my meetings and, of course, you know, make large offerings. Then you'll receive the anointing. And, and these were errors. But you see a very big difference between the way Jesus did it and the way the preachers do it. What do the preachers say? They say, go sell all that you have and put it in my offering. Jesus said something different. He said, go sell all that you have and give to the... Slight difference. <laughs> okay. So, these preachers started claiming this prosperity anointing. And... Uh, Began to get people to come to the meetings, give offerings with the promise that this anointing is on their life and will, you know, do all these wonderful things for you financially. Now, who doesn't want to be blessed financially? Of course, everybody wants to be blessed. But here's the point. God does anoint people. God does work financial miracles. And I believe, I'm believing God for our services this morning that even as at the end when we pray, we will release miracles financially. We'll have that happen because his word is going forth. So God does do that, but we are never to merchandise his anointing. His anointing is not to make money off of people. His anointing is to serve and bless people. Now, I remember I was in, we were living in Chicago. You may have heard me stay, share this story. I'll share it again. We were in Chicago, and I believe these things very, very strongly. And this was back, I think, uh, it must be 90, 96, 97, must be. We were living in Chicago. And we had just moved into Chicago uh, as a family, and uh, we were looking for a church to settle in. And I remember going to this one big church, uh, not very big, it had about 150 people or something there. And uh, that particular service, they had this so-called prophet coming to preach. He was very talented, very anointed. There was beautiful singing and uh, wonderful singing, wonderful flow in the prophetic. I enjoyed that. And then it came time for him to preach and he was preaching. And towards this thing, he did what the prosperity prophets do. You know? He said, the Lord is telling me, there are five people here. You've got, I don't know what number it was. Just make some numbers, okay? I don't I remember exactly. Uh, there are five people here. You've got to give $5,000 each. Stand up. Now, when he says the Lord is saying, who's, who's going to argue? You're right. <laughs> and so about three people reluctantly stood up. <laughs> then it changed. Now, there are, the Lord is saying, there are 10 people here. You've got to give $1,000 each. Stand up. Now, you know, the fact is, this particular church had bought a huge property right beside a lake. Uh, and they have a struggling to pay it off, right? So the best thing to do is to get this prof- prophet to come and do all this stuff. So a few people stood up. Immediately, alarm bells started going inside. I said, God, this is not you. My Jesus would never do this. Amen? So right then, I made up my mind. I am not going to give one cent in today's offering. So the, the values started coming down. $500, stand up. Some more people stood up. $100, stand up. Some more stood up. Finally came $10. Everybody's standing. I'm the only one in the whole church. And I'm sitting on the second row. <laughs> right under the preacher's nose. I'm the only one. He's come down to $10. I had more than $10. But I'm the only one. I said, I'm not going to give. Now, for my sake, I think he felt pity for me and he came down one dollar. And I said, I am still not standing up. So, whole church is standing. People are putting offering. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. One dollar. No. 
Why? I believe this strongly. I believe that when you give, you give out of the cheerfulness of your own heart. Not because some prophet manipulated you by saying, thus says the Lord. Not even one dollar. So time was passing. He had to close the service. Right? So he closed the service and he dismissed. That day, I didn't stand up. I didn't give a dollar. Why? Because I believe this. I do believe in a God who wants to bless and prosper us. But I don't believe in giving under compulsion. I don't believe in letting men of God, so-called, under the anointing of God, manipulate you. I don't believe that. I believe the Bible teaches us that each one give out of their willingness of their own heart. So we've seen all these kinds of errors in the body of Christ. Now it's been, you know, uh, almost 50 years, uh, 50 years or so since uh, this whole teaching on prosperity has come up, come, uh, been released to the body of Christ. We've seen, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. So we've seen errors happen and therefore looking back, we can learn from that. And we can say, you know, let's avoid the errors, but let's pursue the truth. Like, what is God? What, let's stay with the truth. What, is God, what did God really say? And we want to spend a few moments talking about that. The truth is that God still desires to bless his people. So put your right hand up and say this with me. God wants to bless me. And he wants to bless me real good. Amen. God wants to bless you. He, he wants to prosper you. He wants to see you uh, uh, flourish materially and so on. And, and uh, his blessing of prosperity does come to us in many ways. In both the Old and New Testaments, God is revealed to us as a generous God. He's not a stingy God. He's not a miserly God. He's a generous God. He's a God who gives bountifully to his people. You know, he, he, how much of water do we need on the earth? But look at all the oceans he's made. A whole lot, right? There is plenty in God's creation. He's an abundant God. He's, he's a God of great provision. Uh, uh, the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New. The Testaments have changed. God has not. The God who said, I am El Shaddai in the Old Testament is still the El Shaddai in the New Testament. El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. More than sufficient. He is the God who, who, is, who is abundant in his nature. Here's another very important truth I want us to understand. Is that Jesus died to provide us shalom. Jesus died to bring shalom into our lives. We know he died on the cross to bear our sins. We know he died on the cross to take our sicknesses. We know he died on the cross uh, to triumph for Satan and all of his demonic powers. But here's also another very important truth that we need to settle in our hearts. That on the same cross when Jesus Christ died, he died to bring shalom into our lives. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says, the, <clears throat> let me read that again. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, or meaning the punishment, for our peace, shalom, was upon him. And by his stripes we are he bore the stripes, we receive healing. He took the punishment for our peace. That means the punishment he bore brings peace, shalom into our lives. Now, shalom, which in English we translate peace, is, is a much bigger word than how we understand peace. When we say peace, we usually think about tranquility. We think about uh, a state of restfulness, a uh, 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 calmness. That's what we think about as peace. But shalom is a much bigger word than that. It includes peace. But it basically talks about complete well-being, total well-being, including emotional well-being uh, and financial well-being. All of that is included in that word shalom. Amen? So it's good to greet another person saying shalom. 
That means you're saying all of God's blessings, wellness, total wellness, wholeness be yours. Shalom. So the word shalom includes total well-being. It includes health. It includes well-being and prosperity. So shalom was provided for you through the cross of Christ. Shalom is your redemptive blessing. It's yours. Amen? So put your right hand up. Say this with me. Shalom is mine through the cross of Christ. Shalom fills my life because Jesus died to give it to me. Shalom is mine. Amen. It's yours. It's Jesus died to give it to you. Now this word shalom, as I said, it includes prosperity. Now here are just a few examples. You can look, look up several. But here are a few examples where the word shalom is translated prosperity. In Psalm 35 verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God has pleasure. That means he's really pleased about this. In what? In the prosperity, in the shalom of his people. Amen? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe God's happy to see you prosper? Aisha? Because some of us think like God's a stingy God. I got to squeeze his hand to get that raise, you know? So I got to fast and show him that if he doesn't give me a raise, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'll threaten him. <laughs> you know, your picture of your... <clears throat> Your picture of God will determine how you relate to God. Some people's picture of God is like he's this angry man. He's waiting to drop a time bomb. So every morning they get up and say, oh God, please don't do it today. Some people's picture of God is that he's the God who gets up on the wrong side of his bed every morning. He's always in a bad mood. So that's when they pray, they pray like that. But do you believe that God is pleased with the prosperity of a servant? That God is pleased, he's delighted. When you prosper, when you do well, when things are going well in your life, he's happy about it. That's what the Bible says. And the word prosperity there is the word shalom. God is pleased when he sees his people experience and enjoy his shalom. Another scripture here, although it's in, the, it's in a negative uh, context, Psalm 73 verse 3, the psalmist says, I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity or the shalom of the wicked. So here the psalmist is expressing his feeling. I was wondering why are the wicked prospering? Why are they experiencing shalom? Here the word is translated prosperity. In Psalm 122 and verse 7, the word shalom was used twice. Once it's translated peace, once it's translated prosperity telling us that both are contained in that same word. Psalm 122 verse 7, peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. The same word shalom is peace and prosperity. Same word. So God has provided shalom for you and me through the cross of Jesus Christ. It's our redemptive blessing. So don't give up on it. Now, in the remainder of our time this morning, I want to talk to us a little bit about receiving the blessing of shalom, receiving the blessing of prosperity. How, what does God want us to do to receive that? What are some things we can do? And again, this is not necessarily a complete teaching on it, but just a few things that I want to bring to our attention this morning. Three things I want to emphasize here. First is believe that God will bless and prosper you in life. Believe that. Be confident. That God will bless and prosper you. God will bless and prosper me. My God's on my side. He's for me. He will bless me. He'll prosper me. Believe that. Secondly, do what God has said. Do what God has commanded you and me to do. Uh, uh, what has taught us to do. And third, 
Expect miracles. Expect divine intervention. Expect God to step into the circumstance of your life to cause you to have an increase and, and, and material blessing. Expect that to happen. We're going to just elaborate on these three. First one. Believe that God will bless and prosper you in life. Have faith that God will do this for you. Psalm 1, and I'm just quoting some verses here. Psalm 1 talks about the man. Blessed is the man. Verses 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 1, 1, 2, and 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. What, what about this man? How is he going to be blessed? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf will not wither. He will bring forth his fruit in its season. His leaf will not wither. And whatever he does will. That's who you are. Amen. You see that inside you say. That's who I am. I am like that tree. That I will bring forth my fruit in its season. My leaf will not wither. Whatever I do will prosper. Now the reality is. That when you are going through life. There may be some difficult situations. There may be times when, you know, you feel the stress in your place of work. Now you've got deadlines, project deadlines. Oh man, tomorrow we have the demo and this product is not ready here and all those things. There is that pressure. Uh, it's normal. Uh, you, you go through various struggles, various challenges. Sometimes you may get laid off your work. Sometimes uh, you may get overlooked your promotion. Sometimes you don't get a raise for the last for three years in a row. And you're wondering, God, when is this going to happen? See, there are those struggles in life and I'm not uh, denying that. But what I want to invite you and me to do is that no matter what situation you're in, you are saying the word of God is true. And his word says, I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I will bring forth my fruit in its season. My leaf will not wither. And whatever I do will prosper. That's who I am. My present, you've heard this before, my present situation is no indication of my final destination. Right? So don't come to a conclusion based on what you see right now. I, I may have some struggles now, but listen, God said I'll be like that tree. Have faith in God. Have faith that God will bless you, prosper you uh, uh, materially. Number two is this. Do what God has taught us to do. You know, there are many scriptures that teach us on what God wants us to do in our place of work, in relation to money, in relation to our work and so on. Uh, Later this year in the month of June, uh, we'll be doing a very elaborate series, a very detailed series, maybe going on for three months, on timeless principles for the workplace. Uh, where we will look at scripture and we relate scripture to various situations you, you and I uh, would encounter in the workplace. Like when you're starting a business, when you're having a vision, when you're negotiating, when you're making a sale, when you're having uh, to interact with people. Uh, all these scenarios that we face every day in our workplace. What does the Bible say about it? When you're uh, structuring your, when you're doing your pricing for your products, how do you do that? When you're marketing, what should you do? So, We'll talk about that in the month of June, July, August. We'll get into, a, get into d- a detail on that. But this morning, I just want to touch a few things here. What did, what did God say when it comes to our work, comes to our life, or the way we're supposed to live, so that we can walk in His blessing? Here are a few things God's taught us. He told us to walk in obedience to His Word. Always walk in obedience to His Word. Isaiah 1 and verse 19, God tells His people, If you are willing and obedient... You will eat the good of the land. See? So it's walk in obedience. Be willing. Be obedient. You will enjoy the good of the land. You'll enjoy the good of the land. You'll have it. But I want you to be willing and obedient. Be willing to walk in obedience to me. Uh, for example, God's taught us to uh, obey things like work hard, work diligently, uh, work fairly, work with integrity. So, Proverbs uh, 13 verse 11 says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. But he who gathers by labor will increase. So when you're doing your sale, when you are 
marketing your goods or whatever, whatever business you're doing. God, remember this truth, this instruction. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. So you choose to obey God. You say, I will not use dishonest means in my business or in my transaction. I will not do that. Because God's word says, wealth gained by dishonesty will diminish. But he who gathers through right labor, rightful labor, he is going to increase. So obey, obey God's word. Another thing about God's word, which we've already touched upon, is to work hard, but also work smart. Proverbs 10 verses 4 and 5. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Verse 5 says, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes. So you got to work hard. The hand of the diligent makes rich. But you also got to work smart. Don't fall asleep when it's harvest time. Right? Be intelligent about what you do. Right? So work hard, work smart. Another thing we see in God's word is be a good steward. Give generously. Handle money correctly. So use your money, but use it wisely. You save some of your money, you give some of your money, you invest some of your money. Uh, Don't waste it. Luke 16 verse 11, Jesus said, If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that means in money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Think about this. This is Jesus saying. If you are not handling your money properly, how can anybody entrust to you true riches? Eternal things. How can God, God put that in your hands if he sees you not being a good steward of money? Right? So handle money correctly. We'll, we can talk more about these things later in the year. And avoid wrong attitudes of greed, selfishness, and pride. So yes, we want to uh, experience the blessing of God. We want to see God prosperous. But as part of that, he's, he's taught us, avoid some wrong things. Avoid these wrong things of greed and selfishness and pride. In Luke twelve fifteen, Jesus said, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Your worth is not measured by how many things you have. So beware of covetousness, wanting more and more and more and more for yourself. Beware of covetousness, Jesus said. Why? Because your life is more than all these things. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, as Paul, Paul writes to the believers at Ephesus, he says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. So don't be proud. If, if God's blessed you, prospered you, you're rich in this world, he says, don't be proud. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but put your trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So if you're rich, you're doing well, thank God for it. Don't be proud and don't put your trust in your money, but put your trust in God. Because he's the one who's given you all these things to enjoy. He gives, he's given it to you. Are you all with me? Are you still awake? I'm going a little fast today. (laughs) Need to finish. Uh, So, God says, avoid covetousness. Avoid pride. But instead, what should the rich do? Verse 18 and 19. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So, be generous. Generosity keeps you away from greed and covetousness. So make generosity your lifestyle. Give to people who have need and and bless others with what God's given to you. In Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 in Old Testament scripture, uh, Moses speaks to the people of God. He says, remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this Remember the Lord your God because it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Don't forget, when you come into this land that's, that's so plentiful and, and abundant, don't forget that it is God who has given you the power to get wealth. Don't forget it. Right? Don't go after that wealth and say, okay, now I don't need God. No. Remember, always remember, always remember, it's God who's blessed you. 
Right? So here are some instructions on, on how, to live, uh, so how to live a life so that we can walk in God's continuous blessing of prosperity. And the last thing I want to emphasize here is this. Expect miracles. Expect divine interventions. In your own life, expect God to do the unexpected, the miraculous for you in the area of financial prosperity, in the area of blessing. Because he does that. He still, he still does amazing miracles. Expect favor and promotion. Expect supernatural increase. Now, expect breakthrough ideas. Expect complete turnarounds. Can God do these things? Yes or no? Yeah. We read about them in the Bible. And the God of the Bible is still the God of today. He hasn't retired. Amen? So expect these things for you. Now I remember when, and you probably again heard this testimony before, uh, when I was doing graduate studies in the United States, I took a year off, I was doing research, then I wanted to go back to my studies, uh, go back to doing my uh, master's there. And uh, I I needed about, it was 5,000 some, so close to about $6,000 to pay my tuition fees for that spring semester. Uh, I didn't have the money. I was working, but not earning enough for my living, not necessarily pay my tuition fees. But I said, I'm going to believe God for my tuition. Okay? It's about $6,000. When you're a student, $6,000 is a lot of money. Right? Uh, when you're working, it's okay. But I remember that, that spring. Uh, I forget the year it was, but I just began to believe God. I said, God, the Lord is my shepherd. So I was doing my research, I was attending class, I told my professor, you know, uh, that I was working, doing research, but I said, you know, um, uh, I, I will arrange the money, don't worry. Uh, I, told him, I told him about my need, that, you know, I don't have money to pay my classes. He said, no, no, he told me, you go ahead, you attend the classes, fine, we'll pay it by the time uh, the semester ends. So I was attending class, I was doing research for him, uh, but I didn't have the money to pay my tuition. And, uh, uh, but I was a believer. I believe the Bible. So I, I was standing on, these, on the promises. The Lord's my shepherd. I will not be in want. And you know, January went. February went. March came. Oh God, now I don't have the money to pay my tuition fees. And if I don't pay my tuition fees, all the courses I do will not be considered. It will be a waste of my time. And moreover, if they ask me, if they ask me what am I doing? Uh, I'm not, I don't have any course credits to my name, uh, it might be a little dangerous. So, uh, I know, I remember mornings I would wake up and my mind would be, where are you going to get the money? You're such a fool, Ashish. You know? uh, my mind would talk like that. But I would say, no, God's word says, the Lord's my shepherd. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory and no good thing will he with the whole from those who walk uprightly. And I'm just declaring, I was doing what Mark 11, 20 to 23 said. I speak to this need in my life. I declare that need met in Jesus' name. So I would speak to my tuition fees. Have you ever spoken to your tuition fees? <laughs> That's what I was doing every morning. I speak to my tuition fees. I declare you are paid in the name of Jesus. And then I would go attend class, do my work, everything. But my mind, you know, sometimes it would be very challenging. But I remember uh, uh, March, uh, maybe it was towards the end of March, before the semester was getting over. One day, I was in the lab, and my professor, his name was Dr. Henrik Peterson. He was the head of the uh, biochemical engineering department there at that time. I was working for him. He came to me with a fax. He said, Ashish, I just received a fax. Uh, This fax came from the head of another department for whom we were doing research. He said, that person sent me this fax. He said, we have $6,000 in excess in our department for research we have to use it by the end of this academic year otherwise you can't carry it on to the next year so he's asked him dr hendrick what to do with the money and so dr hendrick comes to me and he says ashish i'm going to tell him we're going to use this money to pay your fees i was like god this is god i could never have orchestrated any of this and in a few days, he gave me the check. I went so proudly. <laughs> Had a check. Here's my fees, you know. Paid my tuition fees. And then when the next semester on, I was on, you know, they took care of all my fees as well. And I was, you know, doing care. So, but here's the point. The God of heaven works miracles. 
today in our worlds. Amen? And uh, I, I, I can just share more and more stories, but God's the God who works miracles even in our lives. Whether you're a student, whether you're a businessman, whether you, whatever you're doing, God works miracles. And you and I must believe God. Expect God. Uh, for miracles, expect for divine intervention. Just some verses of scripture here. On favor and promotion. In Psalm 75 verses 6 and 7. It says, for exaltation, that's promotion. Comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. See, exaltation, promotion, it doesn't come from some unknown place. It is God who brings... Promotion. Uh, put your right hand up. Say this with me. God brings promotion in my life. So it's, a, it's God who lifts us up, who, who exalts us. He makes room for us to be promoted, to go up. Supernatural increase. God can bring increase in your life supernaturally. Proverbs 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of God makes one rich. And when he makes you rich, there is no sorrow with it. It's not like all those other guys, you know, who rob coal mines and other things. They can't sleep at night. But you can sleep peacefully. Amen? Because the blessing of the Lord, when that makes you rich, there is no sorrow that comes with it. God can do that. God can give you breakthrough ideas. Isaiah 48, 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should. Now, what does God say? I am the one who teaches you to. Whoa. God teaches you to profit. God teaches you. So I will teach you. I will show you how to do it. You know, thank God for all these great ideas, you know, that have really uh, shaken our world, the iPhone, you know, the uh, Facebook and uh, all these other apps that you have. Uh, some of them have really, really affected our worlds, uh, WhatsApp and other things. Uh, uh, you know, what, why can't you and I pray to the God of heaven and say, God, give me a breakthrough idea or maybe a few of those ideas. Because God says, I am the God who teaches you to. I'm praying. I've been praying over all of us. And God, give us some ideas. Give people in the church some breakthrough ideas. Amen. Some ideas that will, that will, that will impact the world. But God says, I'm the one who teaches you to profit. Now we got to do our part. Right? So if you like technology, you've got to keep yourself, learn your technology, uh, learn what's happening uh, in, the, in the world currently, how you know, the technology is changing very fast. So you keep in touch with what's happening, learn it, uh, keep yourself abreast about it. So you de- do your part and then also pray and say, God, give me some ideas. Give me some ideas. Amen? Because God says, I am the Lord who teaches you to I'll lead you in the way you should go. So God can give us breakthrough ideas and, and, and he can cause us to increase small ideas, big ideas, all welcome. And God can do complete turnarounds. That means if your situation, life situation is really, 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 really bad, God can turn it around and he can do it in no time. And there are many examples of this in the Bible. Um, Uh, Probably one of the greatest examples is that of uh, the children of Israel, the people of God. They had been in slavery for 430 years under the Egyptians. And God decided now it's time to take them out of Egypt. I'm going to lead them to the promised land. So imagine 430 years, they are working hard. Somebody else is enjoying. And God says, I'm going to change it. And all I need is one night. So he tells Moses to tell the people... He says, on this particular night, on this one night, I'm going to give you a favor. And I want you to go, I want all of you to go and ask the Egyptians for anything you want. Just ask them for all their gold, all their saris, salwar kameez, 
all the gold, everything. Just ask them. That one night. Don't do it on any other night. On that night, just ask them. And in one night, I will transfer the wealth of Egypt into your hands. So Exodus chapter 12, verses 35 and 36 says this. The people obeyed God. That was pretty easy to do. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked from the Egyptian articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. (coughs) And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So that they granted them what they requested. And they plundered the Egyptians. And before morning came, they were all walking out of Egypt. Hallelujah. (laughs) All the gold, all the stuff. All the wealth of Egypt in their backs and on their backs. They walked out of Egypt. One night. Complete turnaround. They walked from captivity into freedom. From poverty into abundance. One night of favor. Can God do that? Of course. Now, if your servant maid came and asked you, Ma, give me your saris. You normally would not say, yes, go take what you want. But it happened on that night. Why? Because God gave his people favor. So unusual favor that caused such a turnaround in their circumstance, situations. And that's the same God you and I serve today. Amen? God can do that. Just unusual favor and and things just turn around for you because you are precious in his sight. So, God can do these things. And there are many, many more miracles in the Bible that we can read about. But what do I want want to impress on our hearts this morning? It's this, that God desires to bless us. Amen? And the blessing of prosperity can come in so many different ways. It doesn't always have to come in rupees and coins. It could come in so many different ways. Because God can give us more than what money can buy. God's blessing can come on our lives in so many different ways. But the blessing of prosperity is not something we just sit down and passively wait for God to drop on us. But rather it's something we co-labor with God. We be good stewards of what he has given to us. It requires stewardship. It requires wisdom and learning. Uh, fruitful labor. Uh, it, it, it involves all these things. And I want to invite us to do that while we believe God to bless and prosper our lives. Amen. And God always blesses us for a reason. You know, when the people of Israel walked out of Egypt with all that wealth... They didn't spend it on themselves. And they went into the wilderness. He said, now build me a tabernacle. Meaning put that to use for the purpose of God. So God always blesses us for a reason. We'll talk more about that next Sunday. But this morning, I just want to encourage our hearts. There is a God in heaven who wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. Each one of us. And I want to encourage us to have faith in God. Yes, God will prosper me. God will help me. I must do what's right in the eyes of God. I must walk according to what he wants me to walk in. And expect miracles. Believe God for miracles. God will do that. Let's stand to our feet, please. We're going to take some time to pray this morning. and I just believe that even as God's word has gone forth, that as we reach out and just receive his word, things will begin to happen in our lives. Things will happen in our lives. See, as you're standing here, you may be a student, you may be a young professional who's just begun his or her career, or you may be a seasoned professional who's been working for many years. You may be a homemaker taking care of your family, your home, whatever you're doing. I'm sure you would like to receive that blessing of God, the blessing of prosperity, the blessing of increase. 
And I'm believing God that he will prosper all of us. As a church, we will prosper so that we can really be a blessing to our city and to our nation and to the nations. Get rid of any doubt, any fear that, that God wants to keep you poor or that God will not bless you, that he will bless other people but not you. Get rid of any of those thoughts. God is pleased with the prosperity of his servant, of his children, you. He's pleased in seeing you prosper. Christ died to bring you shalom in your life. At this moment, things may be hard for some of us. Things may be a little difficult for some of us. But listen, God can change that. He can work miracles. He can work in our situations. And as you're standing here, I just want you to pray. Asking God to bless you, your family, your home. If you're working, your job, your career. If you're studying, pray God's blessing on you as a student as a, uh, and as you prepare for your future. You say, God, I want to be like that. I want to be somebody who's like the tree uh, who, who brings fruit in a season. And whatever I do will prosper in my life. I want to be like that. I want to be a man or woman who will have impact and influence for your kingdom. I want to be a man or woman who will make a difference. Whose life people will look at and say, that man, that woman is blessed by God. Dear Father, we just thank you that you are a God who gives to all. You give liberally. Oh God, I pray that even this morning for the release of your grace, of your anointing, your blessing of prosperity on each one here, Father. Prosper your children. Prosper your people. Father, I pray for supernatural cancellation of debts, oh God. Like what you did for that widow woman, God, who had only a jar of oil and the creditors had come knocking on the door and you took that little that she had, canceled all her debt in one day and gave her enough to live for the rest of her life. Father, we pray for the release of debt cancellation, God. In the lives of people who have debt they can't handle. It's, it's too much for them day after day. We pray for a release of those debts in Jesus' name. God supernaturally cancel. Bring your provision supernaturally. And, and let them have an abundant supply that just writes off that debt. Father, we pray for those with businesses. That business will prosper, will flourish, God. Will increase, Father. We pray that you'll release breakthrough ideas. Ideas in the minds of your people. Which when they execute, they will prosper. Father, I pray that you'll give them dreams like you gave Jacob, oh God. Dreams that in dreams you will speak to them what they need to do. So when they get up, they will execute it and they will see prosperity coming on their lives. Speak your ideas in dreams and at night, oh God, to your people. Release that to your people, God. Father, I pray for those with property and those in the property business, God. I pray for a breakthrough in their lives. Release your grace, your anointing on those with lands and property and in the property business. That because of your good hand upon their lives, they will prosper. They will see that bringing increased income. In the name of Jesus, release your blessing. Release your blessing on their lives. And we cancel every assignment of the devil. The thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. We stop him in Jesus name. And we say, devil, you will not have access to the blessing of God and the prosperity of God on our lives. That the devourer is rebuked for our sakes. In the name of Jesus, that God's people will increase and prosper. That we will be a generous people. We will be bold in our giving to God and to his people. That we'll be not afraid to give. We'll be generous in our giving. 
We'll be rich in good works. Father, we thank you. Be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Okay. Just going to take a moment to pray. All of you who are in, in technology, and I'm just, not, I'm just, 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 just going to pray for something here. Uh, you're in technology business. Put your hand up. Some way related technology. Right? Just keep your hand up. I'm going to pray. Father, we just pray for each one here who are uh, engaged in the area of technology in their work, oh God. We ask for your hand upon each one, your blessing on each one. Bring them, Lord, to the forefront of what they're doing. On the cutting edge of what they're doing, God. Give them the grace, the skill, like you put upon Daniel, put upon them. In business, in the work they do, put them on the forefront. We pray that they will see breakthroughs, advancements. They'll, they will be on the cutting edge. They will do things that people have not yet thought of, Father. And they will see abundant blessing. And we thank you for doing this for your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us. Today and always. In Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.